0: Just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers, it's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion, yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. We're in the thick of the weekend. And uh, before we get down to the business at hand, I wanted to tell you about something I experienced last night. I was out at a kid's hockey game, squirts or bantams or whatever it was, and I was driving home alone on a major freeway to get back home and get ready to do this podcast. Well, as I'm driving down the road, there aren't too many people out there, but on my left side I see this pickup truck coming behind me and pretty fast. And he's going to pass me on the left lane. As he passes me, I see it's one of those big pickup trucks like you see. And on the back, he's got two American flags, one on each corner of the box and another flag, I think a Navy flag or something in the middle. And he goes ripping by. Don't think too much about it. And then we get another pickup truck, a second pickup truck, same thing, two American flags on the corner of the box and another flag in the middle. I don't know what that was. And he goes ripping by. I go, wow, that's weird. And then moments later, a third pickup truck with two American flags. Big ones, too. They're not tiny. They're big ones. And another flag in the middle, and he goes ripping by. Now, the first thing that came to my mind was, hey, look, a dumb fuck parade. And then I realized how sad that was. I see a vehicle with a couple of American flags, and immediately I think, Trump humpers, Trump fucks, somebody like that. you know, normally you might think, well, these guys are just patriotic, they're friends, and uh, they're going to some meeting or something, <laughs> but you know they weren't. you know they were Trumplifo, and I was curious where are they heading? I thought, maybe I should follow them, and then I thought, nah, that's probably not a good idea. It's getting late. I have to do the podcast. My wife will wonder where I am. And if I get killed by a bunch of Trump fucks, it's going to cause all kinds of problems. So I refuse to do that. But that's one of the things that troubled me when I saw this and I thought what I immediately thought. These people have tainted the American flag. We see the American flag now and immediately we think of Trump, Trump la fucks, uh, treasonist, and all that sort of thing. That is the exact opposite. Response or feeling we should get when we see the American flag. But these fuckheads have ruined that for us. They claim to be patriots, but they don't act like it. But they try to fool us by carrying around the flags, having these big flags flowing off the back of their big pickup trucks. You know, these pickup trucks that are compensation for uh, their shortcomings, if you will. But I really felt bad about this. You know, when I was in grade school, kindergarten through sixth grade, like a lot of kids in my generation, we had to stand up and pledge allegiance to the flag. We were taught to have reverence for the flag, that it was important. It was a symbol of our country. And all these years later, I'm almost 62 years old, I see a flag, and I immediately get a negative response. That's fucked up. That has to change. We're not going to change the flag of this country, but we've got to change our attitudes. But we can't as long as these idiots use them as their calling card. It's a weird situation, and it's not a situation I considered very much. But tonight I did. (laughs) I don't know where these trumple fucks were going, but no doubt it had liquor and country music. And a bunch of racists. It's got to be. I don't know where they were going, but it's got to be something like this. Now, you people that like country music, don't give me shit. I like country music, too. I used to work at a country music radio station playing country music. Don't worry about that. And those of you that are drinkers, don't think I'm giving you shit. I don't drink. I quit when I was 29 years old because... That was the best choice, and I was getting a lot of encouragement to do it, too. So if you're a drinker or a country uh, f- country music fan, I'm not giving you shit. If you're a Trumplican, fuck you. <laughs> anyway, we get a lot of emails as of late. I've been encouraging people. If you have questions, comments, complaints, you can send me an email directly to me. Just send it to rationalboomer at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm, look for Rational Boomer Podcast, and you can leave a voicemail. And as luck would have it, we have uh, a couple of folks that left emails yesterday, so let's get into it. First of all, this this first one comes from Jacob. Now, he didn't write a lot, but clearly he wanted in on this hashtag suggestion thing, you know, this... this uh, Hashtag connecting Republicans to Russians or Vladimir Putin. So this comes from Jacob. The first one is hashtag conservative communist. And he says, I know it's long, but straight to the point, And I'll give you that. Uh, it's kind of like uh, the Democrats. They have the Democratic, Democratic Socialists. Bernie Sanders and such. So this this might work. Conservative communist. Only these people, these Trump-la-fucks, call everybody communist that they don't like. So they're probably not going to like this. They're going to probably like the next one even less. <laughs> he has hashtag communist conservative clan, and communist is spelled with a K. Conservative is spelled with a K, and of course. The clan is spelled with K, and he says, they are new KKK. <laughs> Honestly, Jacob, I like them both. They aren't short enough. I don't even know what's a good hashtag to have. We've had some that were pretty close, some things I like. I like these two. I think we're all on the same page of what we're trying to say. It's just a matter of condensing it, making it uh, concise and to the point. Jacob's are to the point. Might be a little long, but Jacob, I appreciate you taking the time and making the effort to send this to me. Next up, we have an email from a gentleman by the name of Brett. He says Trump touted a contest for small dollar donors to dine with him in New Orleans, but no winner met him. Former President Donald Trump raised a substantial sum for his political group by promising to pick a random donor to join him for dinner in New Orleans last weekend. <laughs> but Donald Trump never followed through to actually select a winner. Yeah, he got all the money and he thought, what the fuck, what's the point? I don't want to eat with some, some slob that might be... One of his fans, and let's be honest, a lot of his fans aren't the most savory folks that you'd want to have dinner with. It's always bad when you have dinner with somebody and you have to keep reminding them to chew with your mouth shut. <laughs> I'm sure that would have appalled Donald Trump. So he gets all their money, says, I'll have dinner with one of you, it'll be great. And then when he gets all the money, he blows the fuck out of there and, and never awards anybody this fucking ridiculous prize of being able to eat with him. I mean, what could it have been? Big Macs, fries, and uh, a shamrock shake? I don't I don't fucking know. But that's, that's the kind of shit that Donald Trump would be eating. So, Brett, thank you very much for the email. And I hadn't heard that. I'm not at all surprised by it, but I hadn't heard that. So thank you for that tip. Now, you know, on TikTok, I, oh, I had an experience on TikTok. You know, I'm very cautious about getting Trump LaFucks off my page. I block them all the time. But every so often, one sneaks in and I don't catch him. And they try to take down one of my um, videos. And it happened yesterday. Somebody came in and complained about a video saying it was, was uh, bullying and harassing. And to be perfectly honest with you, I was just talking about Donald Trump and some of the things he's doing. And that can't be bullying or harassing because he is a person of note. He's a public figure. There is no problem with doing that. So I had to resubmit it, and they'll probably say, okay, we'll put it back on. But that's what these fucks do. They just, you know. (laughs) They just like to create chaos and problems. It's really not a big deal. I did three more TikToks, and we keep moving on. But be careful of the trolls. They are very vindictive, and they'll do virtually anything to try to get back at you. Fortunately, I don't care. By the time they took it down, 50,000 people have already seen it. So I'm good. Now, one of the other things I get on my TikToks, because I talk a lot about politics, and seemingly, it seems like I I know a lot about it. And the fact of the matter is, I do know something about it, because I've had some experiences. But everything I talk about, I read intensely about. I want to know what I'm talking about before I say it, which is kind of a unique thing on TikTok. A lot of people just like spewing shit. But I don't want to look dumb, and I don't want to be wrong. That's not to say I'm not wrong from time to time, because I am. But I like to be as right as I possibly can as often as I possibly can, so I do look into it. And from time to time, I get people saying to me, well, you should run for office. And I feel a little embarrassed by that, because I have the same answer for everybody that ever says that. And my answer is, um, I'd be a horrible politician. And I'm not saying that out of false modesty. Nothing like that. I know I'd be a horrible politician. And there's a reason why I don't want to be a politician, in spite of the fact that I might have some logic or some common sense or some sense about how politics runs. First of all, I don't like bullshit meetings. I don't go to meetings where nothing is getting done. Secondly, I have a low tolerance for stupid. Thirdly, I... uh, I'm not very diplomatic, as you might have noticed, and I don't go along to get along. And those are all things you need to do if you're going to be a successful politician. My contention is that sometimes the people on the inside, the people who are politicians, are simply just cogs in a fucked up machine. Sometimes you're better off being outside the machine, where you don't have the limitations of being in the machine, if you will. And I have a couple of quick stories that explain how that works or how that works in my mind. Now, when I was in uh, my early 30s, my wife and I and my kids moved to a very nice, newly developed suburb. It's a great place. We lived there for 25 years. Kids grew up there, went to school there. We love the place. We're out of there now and just as well. It turns out, All these years later, we've got a lot of Trump humpers and that motherfucker, too. I could not have handled that, and I would have been run out of town if I didn't leave on my own accord. But anyway, when we got into this town, what I decided to do, I said, you know, I'm kind of political. Maybe I'll get on the planning commission. This was a newly developing suburb, and I, and I didn't want it making the same mistakes some other suburbs nearby did and pretty much ruined the town. So I thought, well, I'll get on the planning commission, and I'll maybe have some input, and maybe I can help to make this town better 20 years from now. So I get on the planning commission. I go to the meetings. There's five other planning uh, commissioners with me, and there's a... Uh, There's a town administrator that is also there. And the way the meetings go, we sit at our table. The city administrator comes up and tells us about whatever project is on the docket that day. He walks us through it, tells us everything we need to know about it. Then he gives a recommendation as to what we should do. And every time, all six commissioners, including me, because I didn't know what I was doing, all said, yeah, that sounds good to me, rubber stamp that bitch. And that's how it went. For a number of weeks, a number of months, I was on the planning commission, and every time I was there, this is how it went. A lot of times he was talking about stuff I knew nothing about, so I thought, well, he's got to know better than me, I'll just go along to get along. Something I don't do anymore. So one day, I'm getting a little cocky, I'm getting a little full of myself, and we go to this meeting. And the city administrator comes up, and he's talking about a local retail shop. It's a big company. They sell big boats, and it's a nice building, and they pay a lot of taxes to this town. So the city administrator says, look, this company wants to put these kinds of of siding on their building. I don't like those types of siding. I don't think they should put it on the building. I don't think it's good for our town. And, of course, all five of the commissioners said, yeah, I agree with that. What the fuck? And I said, hold hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. This is a big business in our town. They spend a lot of money. They have a very nice facility why are we to think that they would put up shitty siding? Shouldn't they be allowed to put up whatever siding they want as long as it's not crazy or sticks out? Uh, We're talking about quality, not so much aesthetics in this case. Why wouldn't this big company that has all this money put the best siding they believe on the building? And, of course, the administrator says to me, well, you know, there's this problem and this problem. I go, but wait a minute. It's his business. Why can't he pick his own fucking siding? Now, the other five commissioners are looking at me like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the city administrator is getting angry, fucking mad. And he's mad at me. And he starts talking down to me a little bit. And uh, he says, well, I know more about this than you do. And this is what we should do. And that's what we're going to do. And I kept talking. (laughs) as I tend to do. And I said, look, let me understand this. This planning commission, you have six people from the neighborhood on this planning commission. Is the way this is supposed to work? We all sit down, get our jobs as commissioners. You tell us what's going on, and then you tell us what we should do, and we just rubber stamp that. Is this how this planning commission works? he says, well, that's how it's worked for many, many years. I said, so what's the point of having the commissioners other than to make it look like you're giving people in the uh, community a chance to speak up? But you're really not because you're making the decision. You're just having these people rubber stamp it. He goes, well, that's not really how it is. I go, no, that's exactly what the fuck it is. I said, if that's what this planning commission is about and what I have to say and what I think doesn't matter, I'm not wasting my time coming here anymore. I'm not going to be on the planning commission. And he got upset, and he talked some shit about me. And then I talked some shit about him, and it pretty much ended. Now, when I walked out the door, the other commissioners gathered around me and said, You know, Mike, I've been thinking about that. You're right. I said, Well, great. Why didn't you fucking say anything? Oh, no, we don't want to say anything and cause trouble. Then why are you fucking coming here? And you know why they're coming there? It's their one night out a month where they can go drinking afterwards. They don't give a shit about the planning commission. They're there to rubber stamp whatever the city administrator says, and I said, "Fuck that. I'm not going to do that." And that's part of the explanation as to why I'm not a politician. I don't like to I don't play nicely with dumb fucks or people that are complicit or people that are just apathetic. I I can't deal with that, and I'm not going to deal with that. So on the other side of the coin, I've said that if you're outside the box, not in the machine, sometimes you have more power because you got nobody to answer to. And I had another situation. We had a city council in that town at one point years after this first thing happened, And there were three city council members that were absolute assholes, arrogant motherfuckers, and I did not like them. They did a lot of shit that the community didn't want, but they thought they knew better, and this kind of upset me. But I stayed out of it for the most part. I didn't want to get involved. I didn't really care. There were no issues that mattered to me, so I I didn't care. I was apathetic. Until one day, these three city council members said they wanted to fire the chief of the police. Now, this chief of police has been there for years, way before I ever got there. Everybody loved him. He did a great job. So why would the city council want to get rid of him? It didn't make sense. And what it turns out being is they wanted to get rid of them, him, because they wanted to bring somebody in who was either a relative or a friend and take his place. So they made this chief of police look bad one way or another, ginned up some things, and they were asking for his uh, resignation. So I went to the meeting. Now, there were a lot of people upset by this whole thing, so there was a lot of people in the crowd. And they were up there pontificating, talking about different things, and then they get to the... uh, Uh, The firing of the chief and they say we're going to go into a private session so they do that they go into another room and they talk and they talk and it takes about 20 minutes 30 minutes and then they come out and that point the chief of police is putting in his resignation now this pissed me off because I knew they were pressuring him he didn't want to resign he'd been there for 20 years he was well loved he's done a great job there's no reason to fire this guy And all the people in the back, they're upset, but they're not really saying anything. So they get to a point when they finally get back out and people can stand up and talk and make comments. Now, of course, not many people did and nobody said anything of note. They were talking about some of the other topics that were going on. Nobody wanted to broach the issue with this resignation of the chief of police. (laughs) But, of course, I fucking did. And I stood up there. And uh, I proceeded to rail on these city council members, totally under control. I wasn't yelling or screaming, but I was pointing out some of their deficiencies and some of their habits when it came to governing this city. And I explained to them, I said, I don't understand what the fuck you're doing here. You're here representing us. And as you can see in this crowd, there's a lot of people that support this Police Chief, but still you're going to fire him, and you're going to hire somebody who's your buddy or pal or friend or relative and that's absolute bullshit and They just stood there and or sat there and didn't say a word at to me. they were staring at me or looking off in different ways, and they just were trying to dismiss me <laughs> well well. I'm not going to be dismissed, and I'm not going to shut up. So I continued uh, expressing my disapproval of the shit they were doing. And I was getting frustrated, and I thought to myself, okay, these city council members are asking for the resignation of a police chief who's done his job, who's well-loved in this community. What can I do to stir things up? Well, I thought for a moment, and then I looked at those three, And I said, here's what I want from you people, the servants of our community, the people that were elected by us. I pointed at the first one. I said, I want your resignation. I pointed at the second one. I said, I want your resignation. And I pointed at the third one. I said, I want your resignation. Now, they didn't say much, but they gave me some mean mugging. You know, they weren't happy with me. They were embarrassed, and I knew they would be embarrassed, and I knew they wouldn't resign. But I wanted to put them out there and let people see somebody coming back on these guys because they thought they were all powerful and they could do whatever they want. And people were allowing them to do that. So I put them in their place. I said, I want your resignation. I want your resignation and I want your resignation. Well, they didn't say anything to me. And thankfully they didn't because they would have had more trouble had they done that. If they would have engaged me. I would embarrass them further. So they adjourned the meeting, and the crowd's still there, and they're upset because the police chief has been forced to resign. And I'm thinking, this can't be it. This can't be fucking it. So um, (laughs) after the meeting, these guys are still sitting at the table, talking amongst themselves, probably patting themselves on the back about what a great job they did in firing this police chief. So I walk up to the table and I look at each one of them and I said, listen, man, you just wrote your resignation because on the next election, you will not be voted in. I guarantee you, you will not be voted in. And even still, they didn't say anything to me. They wouldn't respond to me. They were trying to dismiss me. So I'm pissed off even further. We got the crowd in the building. We've got some people from the local media, newspapers and such. And I know a little bit about manipulating the media, having worked in the media for a while. And you do that by creating a little bit of a ruckus or do something that's news. So as I'm standing there looking at them, I'm thinking, what can I do? So standing in front of them, I turn my back to them and I look at the crowd. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand something. These people were elected to represent you. You came here to tell them you did not want the police chief to resign. You didn't want them to get rid of him. And these city council members basically looked you in the eye and gave you the finger. They flipped you off. They don't care what you think. They don't care what you want. They think they know better than you, and that's just what they fucking did. And I said, you know what you need to do? Come the next election, you need to remember this. When you want somebody representing you, get somebody who will, not these fucks. (laughs) Well, that caused a little bit of a stir. I ended up in some newspaper articles, which is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to raise this to the top. Most people don't go to city council meetings because they don't care, and they're unaware of what it is. And after that meeting, I got in a little back and forth in one of the newspapers with one of the city council members. And I just kept stirring it up, stirring it up, keeping it in the forefront so people could see what was going on and what kind of people we were dealing with in the city council. And guess what? The next election, all three of those motherfuckers lost. They were gone. And they were embarrassed. And every time I saw them in town, I reminded them, It was me that helped you lose your fucking jobs and good riddance. So my point of telling you those stories isn't about trying to exalt me as to be anybody that's particularly smart or powerful or anything like that. I just want you to see the difference. When I was in the planning commission, I had zero power. I wanted to fight back. I wanted to do something different, but after I left, it just continued the same way it always did. It never changed. And you know what? The town didn't end up being as good as I hoped it would. It made a lot of mistakes, and it's now not the best-designed town in this country. But on the other side of the coin, I wasn't in the machine. I was on the outside. I had nobody that could stop me, nobody to tell me I can't do something. And I was able to use my voice and my actions to get the attention of people and get something done. So when you ask me if I want to be a politician or if I want to run for office or something, no, I don't. Because what I'm doing here is probably more effective, more powerful than if I was in the machine, a cog in a fucked up machine. And the point of this is that we all have this opportunity. If instead of sitting back on our laurels and being quiet, if we stood up and talked, that gets politicians' attention. And the more people that talk, the more action they have to give. And that's what we can do. We can put pressure on people by just talking. Yeah, we're just one guy. I'm just one guy. But that was part of the reason for doing the TikToks and the Rational Boomer podcast. I am just one guy. I can't change this country as one guy. But if I do the Rational Boomer podcast, if I do the TikToks and I bring more and more people of a like mind, well, then all of a sudden we've got some power. Maybe we can have a stronger voice. Maybe we can get something done. Maybe not, but at least we're trying. At least we're making the effort. Maybe we can stir things up. Maybe we can offer some help. Maybe we can change some things. I don't know if we can, but we won't know until we try. And right now, right here, we're fucking trying. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, let's talk about the big news at hand. I'm talking, of course, of Russia's invasion, of Ukraine, the war going on there. I want to tell you something. I'm a big believer in opportunities, but you've got to be able to recognize opportunities. You've got to acknowledge opportunities, and then you've got to act on those opportunities when you see them. And the thing about it is sometimes when you have the worst things that happen to you, Some of the best opportunities come out of that. And I'll give you an example when it comes to the Russia-Ukraine war. Now, of course, Russia is invading Ukraine. They're devastating that country. There are atrocities. People are dying. Innocent people and children are being sent out of their homes, out of their country. And it is absolutely horrific. Now, of course, Ukraine is doing all they can to fight very hard to beat the Russians, but that's maybe an insurmountable thing, ultimately. They can put up a good fight. They can extend this thing for a lot longer than Russia expected, but can they win? I doubt that. I doubt that very much. What they're doing is admirable, but they're up against big odds. So the question is, do America and Europe get involved in the war? Do they fight side by side with Ukraine? Do they send planes over Ukraine and shoot down Russian planes? Well, we can't do that. Partially because Joe Biden has made the commitment not to do that. But more importantly, the reason we don't do that and why Europe doesn't do that is because that would essentially start World War III. And of course, with our nuclear weapons and Russia's nuclear weapons and a crazy fucker handling those nuclear weapons, God knows what happens. And if a nuclear war starts out, then we have people all over the world that could be killed. So you have to have priorities here. Yes, it's hard to watch what's going on in Ukraine. But if we got involved and saved Ukraine, we may doom the rest of the fucking world. That's a tough choice. I give Joe Biden a lot of credit because he's got a lot on his plate, and he's got some hard decisions to make, and he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. I wouldn't want to make that decision. That said, America has to do something. Europe has to do something. And we are sanctioning the shit out of them to avoid World War Three. Now, just about every country in the world is sanctioning Russia. This is absolutely destroying their economy and ultimately crushing their country. But the question is, when do we stop those sanctions? Maybe never. Maybe we take down the whole country and then build it back with better leadership. Now, that sounds pretty dramatic. That sounds pretty uh, draconian. But hear me out here. If we're going to sanction these people, we're putting pressure economically on them. Now, of course, Vladimir Putin's doing all he can with disinformation and trying to gaslight the people and say, hey, I'm doing the righteous thing here. I'm just attacking them because they attacked us. And by the way, they're fucking Nazis. He's lying to them. And a lot of people still hear that, and they still believe that, but there's more and more people that know the truth. So by sanctioning them, these people start finding out that Vlad is lying to them. Their money is worth nothing. They have to stand in line to get food. All these major companies like McDonald's and Apple and those sorts of things are no longer available. So whatever Vladimir Putin tells them, They know something's up. They know something is up at that point. So with sanctioning, we will ultimately have his people know what the fuck is going on. They're going to be in an uprising, and that's going to cause all kinds of problems for Vladimir Putin. He is an authoritarian figure, and in authoritarian governments, it's not unusual for an authoritarian figure to go bye-bye if he fucks up or makes the country worse and gets everybody against him. And that's ultimately what will happen to Vladimir Putin. But what do we do with the sanctions? I know a lot of people think we've got these sanctions on and we are squeezing Russia immensely. This country can't go on if we continue with the sanctions. It will literally take the country economically down to fucking nothing, and they will have no choice but to build back. Now, some people think that if Vladimir Putin simply pulled out of Ukraine, then we cancel the sanctions. And I say we don't do that. We get as much as we can in this negotiation. Because we're dealing with a lot of problems with Vladimir Putin and Russia. So the next step would be you stop the war and Vladimir Putin has to go. That would be a thing to do. That would be progress. But I still think that's not enough. That's not where we stop. Once we have Russia under control economically and they can't do anything, we need to take it a step farther. I mean, you think about Russia right now. When Russia was the Soviet Union, they were formidable. They were big. They were comparable to the United States. But now they're just Russia, and their economy is a pittance of what America's is and a number of the European countries. So they're not really an economic power. Their military, we thought, was really strong, maybe the strongest in the world, but now we see them in Ukraine and see that they're inept, incompetent, and not nearly as strong as they once were. So what is it about Russia that makes us fear them so much? Well, that answer is obvious. It's the nuclear weapons. When they were the Soviet Union, they built up a lot of nuclear weapons, and that's what everybody's afraid of. They hold people hostage with those nuclear weapons. They make threats. They keep people walking on eggshells around them. Not because they're an economic power, even a military power. It's because they have nuclear weapons. So... When Russia is at the point when the people are kicking back at Vladimir Putin, the government, the military, and everybody's sick of Vladimir Putin because they know he's the one responsible for their pain, I think this is what we need to do. I've always said this before. If you're dealing with a bully and you punch him in the nose and he falls down, that's not enough. Because as soon as you turn your back, that motherfucker is going to be jumping on your back. What you've got to do is you've got to put them down and keep them down, at least long enough so you can get the fuck out of here and so you don't get jumped from behind. And the same should go for Russia. We have these sanctions. We have their cojones in our hands, if you will. And we can keep squeezing as long as we want. And if we squeeze long enough... Russia will be no more as an economic entity or, or, or a military entity. If they've got no money, they can't do anything. So we can ultimately control what happens with Russia. So with these sanctions, we might as well use them to our full advantage. And what I mean by that is, if you want these sanctions off, first, got to pull out of Ukraine. That's a given. Second, if you want these sanctions off, Vladimir Putin has to fucking go. That's even better. Now we're getting someplace. But since we don't know who would replace Vladimir Putin or what kind of fuck he or she might be, we've got to protect ourselves. And we've got the power now, so let's just keep holding on to the power. You've got to get out of Ukraine. You've got to get rid of Vladimir Putin. And let's attack the last thing that is the only thing that gives them power. You're going to have to do something with the nukes. You're going to have to neuter them or or get rid of them or do something where they're not as much of a danger to the world, especially if some crazy fuck gets access to them. Now, they're going to kick back about that. But I tell you what, if we get rid of the nukes or somehow neutralize those nukes, this world will be a much safer, better place. Now, they might say, that's a non-starter. We're not doing that. Okay, we're just going to crush your cojones, and your country will be no more economically. You'll have to fucking start over anyway. So now we got them. We got the Ukraine war done. We got Vladimir Putin out of the way, and now we go to the nuclear weapons. Ultimately, at some point, they can't be isolated from the rest of the world. They've got to do something, so they're going to have to do something with the nukes. And when they do, the world will be a better place. Now, I know a lot of people will say to me, yeah, but while you're doing that, those poor Russian citizens are suffering. And that's true, and that's unfortunate. But you got to look at the bigger picture. We can have the Russians suffering, and we can take down the nukes and make the rest of the world safe. And once the rest of the world is safe, the rest of the world can go in and take care of the Russian people and help build them back up and hopefully with better leadership. The whole thing about life is knowing when you have power and how to use that power. We currently have power. We are not only sanctioning Russia, but so is every other country in the world. And everybody has to recognize that is immense power. Even if they go into Ukraine, wipe everything out and take control of it, we still have those sanctions. They still have to make money. Ukraine isn't going to make them money. They still have to do something economically in order to survive. And we have that control right now because not only us, but everybody else in the world is backing us and sanctioning Russia. As a community, a world community, we should recognize the power in that. It may not seem like we're powerful now because they aren't stopping the Ukraine war. But give it a couple weeks, give it a month, and things will be unbearable in Russia. Then we have the power. Just be patient, maintain the power, and insist on everything you want. No war, no Vladimir Putin, no nukes, and see where we get. That's a strong move and not a move that you would see out of most, out of most uh, um, countries or businesses or such. But we're talking about the future of this world, the actual survival of this world. This is a strong move, and we're in a position we've never been in before or never will be in again. So we need to take advantage of it. We need to maximize what we've got here and get as much out of this deal as we can. And yes, I know people in Ukraine are suffering, and we want to stop it. We're doing everything we can or are able to do because we're not going to go in there and fight. That's just not going to happen. So whatever happens with Ukraine isn't really in our hands other than what we can do with these sanctions and providing weapons. Ukraine's doing pretty good. We'll see what happens with that. But ultimately, when this is said and done, we have the power over Russia. And it's not about nuclear war. I mean, we had these pissing contests with you, with uh, Russia. Who's got more weapons? Who's got more courage? That shit's got to stop. Nobody with any common sense is going to start a nuclear war. So we got all this money, all this power, all this destruction, sitting at our, at our whim. But it's never going to be used because nobody with any common sense would ever fucking use it. Now, if we have nuclear weapons we know we aren't going to attack anybody for any reason, certainly not using nuclear weapons. We've got to somehow minimize what Russia has. They're a weak-ass country. They have no business having those nuclear weapons. And remember, America, China, and Russia talked Ukraine into getting rid of their nukes. And at the time, they had nukes. They were the third largest grouping of nukes of anybody in the world, America, Russia, and Ukraine. And Ukraine gave up all of their nukes because America, Russia, and China said, we take care of you, we'll protect you. Well, of course, Russia lied. But we don't lie, and we have a responsibility to take care of them according to the deal we cut. Now, if we can do that to Ukraine, we can neuter Russia. Once we have the power, which we now do have. So hopefully, hopefully, that's what we'll do. I don't know if they have the courage to pull that off, but we will see. Now, Vladimir Putin and Russia are trying to sell the idea that America and Ukraine have chemical weapons plants in Ukraine. This is absolute bullshit. That is not true. But they're trying to spew that shit and it's because, well, they're having troubles with their normal military, their regular military in Ukraine. They're not winning as fast as they thought they would. Vladimir Putin is frustrated and upset. So it's natural to think that they'd want to ramp it up because they want to win this war. And for them to wrap it up, it would be probably chemical weapons. Now, if they use chemical weapons, of course, this is illegal internationally. And that could cause some problems. So by uh, accusing Ukraine and America of building chemical weapons plants, and they start using chemical weapons, they can then blame it on America and Ukraine. I mean, this is just what they do. That's how they do things. And if we get to the point of chemical weapons, that is going to be horrific. There will be Thousands, if not billions, of people dying from these chemical weapons. Now, just to think about that, that's disturbing. But there's something else I found almost as disturbing. By accident, completely by accident, I saw a video of Fox News with Tucker Carlson talking. Now, Tucker Carlson and Fox News know as well as anybody there are no chemical weapons plants in Ukraine. But still, Tucker sits down in front of the microphone, in front of the camera, and says, Oh, my God, we had no idea that America and Ukraine had chemical weapons plants in Ukraine. My goodness, what are we going to do? And then about two weeks ago... Tucker Carlson stood up and said, everybody says we support Vladimir Putin, the Russians, and the invasion. I don't know where they get that. Well, Tucker, they get it from the kind of comments you just made regarding the chemical weapons plants. You see, what Tucker Carlson has done and Fox News has done is taken rhetoric, lies, and bullshit from Russia and then broadcast it on their network as if it were fact. And the reason they do that is because they want to upset and scare people and cause people to continue watching their network so they can turn it into money. They don't care about anybody's safety. They don't care about what is true. They just want the fucking money. Now, when I watched Tucker Carlson doing that, I thought to myself, there's one phrase that came up to in my mind when I was watching this, and it was that Tucker Carlson and Fox News is giving comfort to the enemy. And if you look it up, giving comfort to the enemy is the absolute definition of treason. Yeah, that's right. Tucker Carlson, Fox News, and all the motherfuckers at Fox News, and all the people at OAN and Newsmax, you're all fucking treasonous. And I hope there's an investigation. I hope there's indictments. I hope there's trials, and I hope there's convictions because you deserve them. You are fucking treasonist. You're working against this country to make money, and there is no excuse for that. We'll see what happens with Fox News and the like regarding this situation, But there was one other situation that concerned me about this, and that was Joe Biden. Now, I'm not talking shit about Joe Biden, but Joe Biden was posed that question. What happens if Russia uses chemical weapons? And Joe Biden says, well, they are going to realize some serious ramifications and consequences if they use chemical weapons. And my question to Joe Biden is, so what is that? I mean, you're already sanctioning the fuck out of them. You're crushing their economy. You don't want to go as far as getting into a third world war. So somehow, some way, whatever it is you're going to do is going to have to fall in between those two things. You can only sanction so much and you're not going into World War III. What the fuck are you going to do? Now, maybe Joe Biden just is not in a position to tell us, what they're going to do. Maybe it's a secret. And frankly, I hope it is. I hope it is. Because it's got to be something. If they go into Ukraine with chemical warfare, Joe Biden, America, all of Europe, better have a fucking answer and better have a way to make them accountable. Because chemical warfare is horrors to those people that live in Ukraine. They better have an answer. They better have something that they're going to do. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying I can't imagine what it would be. You got some limitations here. What are you going to do? We'll be watching that and hopefully finding out uh, what the fuck is going to happen. A couple other kind of funny stories here, at least funny to me and you. A $600 million yacht owned by a Russian oligarch was seized yesterday in Italy. Now, seized is different than freezing assets. When they seize your shit, you're not getting them back. There is literally billions of dollars of property being seized as we speak. But what are they going to do with that money? That represents a lot of fucking money. Are The government's just going to keep that money. Is it going to go into some slush fund for intelligence agencies? I don't know. But this is what I would suggest. If you're going to grab billions of dollars, and you've got people that are being killed or at least pushed from their homes, pushed from their towns, pushed from their country, and have to go with nothing to some foreign country, maybe we should take all of that money, all of that money, and do one of two things, or both things for that matter. When the war is over and hopefully things settle down, we use that money to rebuild Ukraine, the things that were destroyed and flattened, and or we give these people a chance to be whole again. These are people that were working jobs, paying their bills, they had, uh, they had savings and all that stuff. Now that's all gone. All of a sudden, they have zero So maybe that money should be used to make them whole again or as close as you can possibly get. I think I like the irony of it. Russia goes in and destroys their lives, destroys their property, and kicks them out of their own country. Then Russia's own money is there to fix it for them as best we can. I think that's what we should do. I haven't heard anybody talk about what's done with the money, but I'm hoping that's what they plan to do. Now, the last story, I like this story, (laughs) because it's my favorite gal, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Have you heard the latest about her? Well, Marjorie Taylor Greene has been whining as of late. Now, you know, she is all about not wearing the mask. And Nancy Pelosi put a fine for those people who don't wear a mask. And, of course, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a fucking patriot, so he's not going to wear a mask. And she is fined every time. Well, guess what Marjorie Taylor Green is whining about now. Her fines have built up so high <laughs> that they're taking it out of her check. She makes what she make a 160000 dollars a year. They're taking her fines out of her checks that she's getting paid to be a representative, <laughs> and now she's down to zero meaning she's getting no money for going to work at the House of Representatives. Zero money. It's all going back to the House of Representatives in fines. Nice move, Margie. That's not thinking too well. But here's the interesting thing. Marjorie Taylor Greene is now no longer getting paid anything. But that's justified in a way because, remember, she was taken off all her committee appointments. So this bitch has nothing to do anyway. She's not accomplishing anything. And you would think that her constituents are maybe troubled by that. She's not getting paid anything, but she's not doing anything. She's not on any committee. She has no power. She's representing these people, but she can do nothing to help them. (laughs) Hopefully when the election comes up in November, they will kick her ass out. Because she's a broke-ass, stupid, racist bitch, and she has no place in the House of fucking Representatives. (laughs) I love the fact that Margie's broke. Margie's not making any money. She's going to work every day. She's flapping her lips. She's heckling the president. But this bitch can't even get paid because she's got too many fines. And she's not in any committees. so she probably spends the day looking at Nazi websites at the Starbucks down the street, because what the fuck else could she possibly do? I love seeing Margie marginalized. I love the fact that she's being canceled by cancel culture. We know how bad they fucking hate cancel culture. Well, too bad. You do fucked up shit, you get canceled. And Margie, you've been canceled. Come November You're going to be voted out and then you will be history and nobody will think about you again or care shit about you because you've accomplished fucking nothing. All right. We're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. Want to thank you very much for spending time with me. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the fact that people carve out an hour in their day to listen to the Rational Boomer podcast. It is much appreciated. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you again tomorrow. Well, you'll hear me again tomorrow. Well, you'll see me if I'm on TikTok. You know what the fuck I mean. We're going to wrap it up. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.